Hello, and welcome to Resolutions, a podcast produced by the ABA section of Dispute Resolution. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Martin. The section's spring conference is fast approaching April 22nd to the 25th in New Orleans. And in this episode, you're going to hear from one of our fascinating presenters. But before we get to our conversation, I want to let you know that support for the conference comes from several generous sponsors, including Miles Mediation and Arbitration, the Center for Negotiation and Dispute Resolution at UC Hastings, and the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. And now, on to our guest. I'm speaking today with attorney, author, and entrepreneur, Laura Allison Wasser, senior partner at Wasser, Cooperman, and Mandels, and founder and CEO of the online divorce service, It's Over Easy. Laura, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me. And Laura, um, I get to say welcome back because you are, you are our first uh, repeat guest on Resolutions. Yes, happy to be here. Yeah. So um, we went over most of your background um, in depth in the last podcast. Um, and obviously, you're the founder of It's Ever Easy and a partner at Wasser, Cooperman, and Mandels. Um, but today, we're going to be talking a lot about um, your um, media presence and your background in podcasting. Um, so can you tell me a little bit uh, about the podcast that you work on and how you got into more of your online presence? Sure. Um, my podcast is called All's Fair with Laura Wasser. We actually started podcasting, my um, partner Johnny and I, probably over a year ago with another podcast that was called Divorce Sucks. And we kind of morphed into All's Fair after about a year of doing Divorce Sucks and realizing that so many of our guests had more to talk about than just divorce and realizing that after practicing family law in Southern California, for 25 years, I really am fascinated by and want to have conversations about relationships and human nature and how we handle them and how I've been able to get such interesting impressions from clients and opposing counsel and opposing parties and judicial officers and accountants and mental health professionals and child um, psychology experts and all kinds of people who have things to say about how we conduct ourselves in relationships, whether they be business relationships, intimate relationships, partner relationships, parenting relationships. So we started as uh, Divorce Sucks, moved on to All's Fair, which launched a couple of weeks ago in February. Um, we, Our partner is iHeartRadio, and they've been wonderful with us, and we're having a really good time with it. That's great. And it's an extremely popular podcast. And I'm going to resist the temptation to make this entire episode giving me tips on how to improve our own podcast. <laughs> um, and I'll get more into the, the point of these episodes and the series that we're doing um, is to promote the upcoming ABA Dispute Resolution Spring Section Spring Conference. Um, and you actually are doing, I think, two presentations at the conference. You're doing the Friday morning plenary and you're also doing a program with Susan Guthrie and Gabriel Hartley um, on Friday afternoon. Yes. So uh, I'm lucky enough to do both. We're fl I'm flying to New Orleans, um, and it's actually Jazz Fest weekend. So I think the conference is going to be an absolutely amazing experience for everybody who is involved and attends. 
Um, when Susan first asked whether I'd be interested in doing the plenary, I said, absolutely, because my feeling is that if we can promote and succeed with online dispute resolution in the family law setting, which is one of the most emotional and difficult and financially taxing of any uh, kind of you know, legal conflict that one can have, then I really do think that that should be able to expand to any kind of dispute resolution. And so I think the online world of dispute resolution is growing. It's going to be huge. It's, um, it's for sure the next step in the legal process as I see it in terms of tech and really assisting people uh, problem solve. And I'm really excited to speak about it and figure out the best way to get colleagues, uh, whether they're legal practitioners or people who work within the court system or academics, to embrace this and really begin using it because I think it is so helpful for people that are going through any kind of a dispute. Absolutely. Technology has been a, a great tool for dispute resolution in general. Um, and I believe in your plenary, you're also talking about um, how society views divorce and conflict resolution in general. Yes. Um, could you talk a little bit more about how the public's view of divorce as a concept has changed over the last few years? Yes, and, and how it should be changing so much more. We kind of came up with something called the evolution of dissolution, which was to kind of counter the fact that this field has been fairly static, certainly during the 25 years I've been practicing, but I also am the child of a family law attorney. So my whole life has been spent kind of in the family law realm. And the, the amount which we have changed this practice is um, staggering in, in that it has been, there's been such a dearth of change, frankly. And I'd like to see that different because I think that Divorce has always been such a taboo subject. Nobody likes to talk about it. There's very few, or there were very few places to go for uh, counseling or online instruction about it. And I think that as a result, um, it's been very daunting for people. I'm not promoting divorce, but I certainly am promoting divorce if the circumstances warrant it and if people are, and, and being able to approach it in a different way. And so starting conversations about it whether it's online, we started It's Over Easy, which is an online divorce platform. And in addition to being able to purchase and fill out the forms with your spouse and go through your divorce process online um, for $1,500, which is so much less than what people spend on attorneys or even mediators, we have just a ton of content, um, which links to the podcast, but also all kinds of uh, professionals and experts and businesses and just normal everyday people who tell their stories and create a support system for those that are going through the process. We've also got the index on our It's Over Easy platform, which is a referral source for all kinds of professionals that can help you go through the process. So if you've gotten divorced and medical insurance is no longer available for your spouse's business, um, you can help have somebody help you find new medical insurance getting back into the dating world, mind and body wellness, um, meditation apps, all kinds of things. So we really have created a full divorce resource online to promote what we call the evolution of dissolution. And my hope is that if people can approach divorce differently, 
um, more openly, more amicably, more cost-effectively, then it doesn't have to be so taboo. And the result will be, I think, more emotionally uh, stable and equipped children that come from these you know, divorcing relationships and people who are able to have healthier relationships moving forward as they mature into adults. Having a, an easier procedure and a better outlook on divorce is going to make the entire process and kind of the, uh, the post-divorce process a lot smoother for everyone involved, I think. Absolutely. So obviously legal tech, like it's over easy and ODR, uh, has, has been a driving force behind the change in um, perspective on uh, divorce. Uh, do you see anything else that's kind of driven this public change in perception? Well, again, we recently in the past, you know, six months have seen a little flurry of activity because of the Oscar nominated film, A Marriage Story. And uh, I feel like every, you know, five or 10 years, there's a movie about divorce. People start talking about it a little bit more. So many people that saw this movie said to me, my God, it brought up so many old emotions and feelings. So many people that saw the movie said, oh my God, I, 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 I don't even, it made me not want to go through a divorce. So many people that saw the movie said, now I know that if I go through a divorce, I'm going to do it in a much different way. Having these conversations is helpful. Um, you know, if you think about the famous divorce movies of all time, we've got Kramer versus Kramer, which I think was in 79 or 80. We've got War of the Roses. I think having conversations about the subject is something that really does change the way we approach it. I also think we get a little flurry of activity every time a celebrity gets divorced and how they handle it. When you look at Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin's Conscious Uncoupling or Jennifer Garner and uh, ben, Affleck, ben Affleck doing mediation and not having any attorneys in their divorce, uh, Jennifer Aniston and Justin Thoreau and their gentle separation, whatever they are calling these things, the way that we as a society perceive them online, on the newsstands, on television, and how that kind of trickles down to how we conduct ourselves, believe it or not, actually shapes cultural change. And so to the extent that people are watching celebrities do it uh, more gracefully and then say to themselves, I'm gonna do it gracefully as well. It's not cool or, or uh, admirable to do it in a mudslinging kind of a way. That's great as far as I'm concerned. If, that's, if emulating the famous is the way that we come to what we need to come to and this is the shift that we're looking at, I'm okay with that. Absolutely, and I think I, I love that movie, Marriage Story, and I may be showing my age, but I love Kramer v. Kramer as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I, I think in my own life, I saw a lot of people having more open and honest um, talk, talks about divorce because of uh, movies like that and giving them the opportunity to discuss it um, with friends and coworkers um, in just more honest way. Um, and I, I heard um, someone say that you might have been uh, inspiration behind some of the characters in A Marriage Story as well. I hope not. I mean, the divorce <laughs> attorneys in that film were either um, ineffective, like Alan Alda's character, who if you ever go back and you actually listen to some of the things he says, those are things I say. I mean, that is absolutely true of his approach. Unfortunately, what that movie showed was that if you're so caught up in the divorce itself and you have other attorneys who may be more aggressive that are guiding the way, 
you're not going to listen to that. But so many of his lines were things that were so wise about, you know, when this is all over, it's just going to be the two of you. The attorneys are going to be gone and you're going to have to co-parent with each other or saying, you know, that divorce can be a very, you know, ugly business, but to approach this from a familial you know, perspective makes more sense. He said so many wise things and unfortunately he was kind of dismissed as ineffective. And then you have the Laura Dern and Ray Liotta characters who most of the people in the family law community did not appreciate very much because it was a rather unflattering portrait of divorce attorneys. And again, we're the villains in the story, that's okay. If it is a cautionary tale for people to say, don't hook up with someone like this. I know at one point when um, Charlie Adam Driver's character uh, came into court and had hired Ray Liotta as opposed to Alan Alda. And she said, why did you hire that person? And he said, well, I needed my own asshole. I mean, you know, that's what we're, we're looking at as the asshole, so be it. But I do think that, this, that the moral of the story was that when they actually became the masters of their own destiny, when the dust settled, when the this too shall pass moment was kind of absorbed and they were able to co-parent and work it out, and read each other's lists of what they liked about each other, which the mediator at the very beginning had kind of suggested, they did make it through and they were a family and it was a hopeful story and it was ultimately a love story. And for that, I appreciate the film very much. Um, as a lawyer, I think most lawyers are not big fans of uh, big screen portrayals of the legal profession in general. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, you're also talking about side gigs. Um, the title of your um, Friday afternoon presentation is Side Gigs for Presence and Profitability. Um, and it talks about podcast programs and other publishing to raise your profile um, in today's modern world. Um, could you talk a little bit more about um, the different ways you've used side gigs to increase your your presence um, in social media or online or um, in other contexts? Well, interestingly, I'd say for about the first 20 years of my practice, um, I was very, very reticent to do anything public. Didn't give any interviews, no social media whatsoever. Um, I, I still don't think that I have a Facebook page. Because the nature of what we do has a lot of high net worth and high profile people, I mean, that is at the firm, we have always been very closed mouth about interviews. Nobody at the firm is really allowed to give interviews about any of the clients. We don't speak to the media. And um, we also don't really advertise. Uh, so when I launched It's Over Easy, uh, my investors and the marketing people with whom I was working said, you have to be a little bit more visible now. Are you okay with that. And I said, yeah, if it's going to move the needle for this platform and for it's over easy and help people, then yes, I will be. As long as I still don't have to talk about any of the firm's clients, I'm happy to do that. And so by having the it's over easy website and a blog for which I write probably about an article a month and having an Instagram page, both for it's over easy and my Laura Wasser official Instagram um, and then, of course, doing the podcast, that has brought a lot more visibility. And where I've kind of sacrificed the privacy that I used to have, um, I've, we've made up for it in terms of people being able to access this online platform and this online movement that we have going. Um, it hasn't really changed my profile within the family law 
community in terms of our firm and getting clients. That wasn't really ever the goal. The goal was to kind of get more notoriety for It's Over Easy, for this idea of the evolution of dissolution and figure out a way to kind of inform more people about what it is we're doing and how we can help them. And so to that end, it's been extremely helpful. Uh, and it was interesting when we first kind of did open it up, you know, I, we'd never, I've never had a publicist or anything like that. But when we did start putting the word out, like, hey, Laura Wasser is willing to, you know, come on the Today Show or The View or, you know, people talk to People Magazine, we got a huge outpouring of interest, which probably just had to do with the idea of possibly having me talk about some of my celebrity clients, which I never did. But the bait and switch was kind of that then we would talk about what we're trying to do with It's Over Easy and um, All's Fair. And I think that that has been a good move. It has really, it has indeed moved the needle and we probably get more traffic organically as a result of appearances and you know things that I put out than what we actually pay for, which is amazing. I, I've always thought that um, getting the word out in whatever way you can, be it presentations or publications, has been just a great way to drive people to your business or to your, um, to your practice particularly. Um, but podcasts in particular have been kind of a new wave in the last several years. And I think a lot of practitioners are just now coming around to the idea that um, something like a podcast can actually drive business. Um, so what inspired you to start a podcast specifically and what kind of inspires you to create new content um, on the episodes? I think that what initially inspired me was that the way it was kind of presented to me by our original podcast studio was, hey, it's basically a one hour a week infomercial about <laughs> it, uh, it's over easy. And so I said, okay. And then Johnny, who's the producer you know, he really does most of the legwork, writing the scripts, helping find the guests, um, putting it all together. And uh, for me, it's really just fun. I go in once a week and kind of just talk to people that I'm already really interested in. It's been a lot of fun. And I've had plenty of uh, colleagues, whether they be retired judicial officers, um, other family law attorneys, people that are forensic accountants or mental health professionals, clamoring to come on because it's great you know exposure for them oh i'm on the all's fair podcast check me out they get to sound smart which they always do and we have a good time so it's really been a lot of fun i learned something every single episode that we have our premiere episode was a couple weeks ago and we had kim kardashian on which is a pretty good starting guest i'd say and it's not bad she, she and i have known each other for a long time and i've known her family but she was talking about stuff that had to do with surrogacy that I had no idea about whatsoever. And I was kind of blown away, not only by how um, knowledgeable she was, but also how eloquently she spoke about it. And so again, drives more, she was, she was promoting something that's important to her, which is knowledge about surrogacy. We were promoting something that's important to us, which is knowledge about human relationships and how they work and everybody wins. That's been my one of the best things about this experience doing a podcast for me personally is getting to talk to people with um, a real depth of knowledge in areas that yeah, I hadn't learned about or I have a vague interest in because I learned so much talking to all these great people. And I think, you know, 
the public um, publicity aside, it's one of the best parts about uh, doing a podcast is getting to meet all those brilliant people in various uh, various fields. Absolutely, and you really get much more than kind of an on like a you know a written interview or an article you really get people's knee-jerk reactions to things you know obviously sometimes they say oh god i can't believe i said that will you edit it out but for the most part they're really saying it in their own words unedited and um you really i feel get a lot more out of you know people that have told me that they listen to podcasts whether it's all sphere or other ones say you really feel like you're on the fly, a fly on the wall of this intimate conversation. It's so much more, you know, open, open to you than just reading what someone's written and then somebody else has kind of proofread it for them and made sure that it sounds politically correct. This is an opportunity to really hear it directly from the horse's mouth. And I, I think everyone has a, it's just easier to listen to a conversation than it is to, you know, sit there and listen to someone kind of lecture you or yeah. you know read a lengthy law review article just uh, just naturally easier to listen to yes um so totally not a self-serving question but if if you could give advice to someone who's starting out a podcast or some other kind of media to promote their practice what advice would you give that hypothetical person <laughs> I think that the, the advice I would give is really is to be natural. I, I do hear podcasts where people are really reading a lot of it. I think you have to go with the flow. Johnny sometimes gets upset with me because I get a little tangential. He'll write out a pretty nice script and then I'm just off on a tangent. But I do think that's important. We do a lot of kind of resets and get back into the matter at hand. But I think going where the guest kind of wants to take you is really important because people generally do have something that they want to say whether they're aware of it or not and letting that free flow of information as you said so much better than a lecture or a law review article really letting it go so you know rather you have questions yes you want to stick to those questions yes there needs to be reset but let the person kind of talk about what they want to talk about and let their make it a conversation make it intimate because i think that's important for people to feel as they're in their car or kicking back with their earbuds in and listening to the conversation. They want to almost feel like they're a part of it. Well, on that note, is there anything that uh, you want to talk about that we haven't touched on? Uh, <laughs> Only, I mean, again, my agenda is pretty straightforward. I really do want to change the way people approach divorce. I want to get the word out there. Um, you know, there have been a few Christian right organizations that have called me a divorce monger. I'm not. I just don't believe. I almost once a week will have someone say to me, you know, I was the child of divorce and I wish my parents had done it sooner. Now, again, no kid loves seeing their parents at odds, but if your parents or if you are staying in a marriage, you know, quote, for the kids, end quote, that's probably not the right way of doing it anymore. I have two kids. I wasn't married to their dads, but I have each of them, by the time they started kindergarten, uh, we were not all living in the same house. And uh, in kindergarten, it was always, we were the first family that were not together. And literally by fourth or fifth grade, I would say 40% of the class had split up the parents. And so my kids were always the kids that people would talk to, that the little kids would talk to. And my kids would say, it's actually really cool because I have two houses and I get to take my iPad from this house to that house. And it's neat because when I'm with my dad, I get all of his attention by myself. And when I'm with my mom, I get to have family time with my brother. And 
these kind of things, you know, have to give a kid's perspective on it. I think my kids are pretty well adjusted, certainly within the realm of, you know, family relationships and a support system. I just want more people to have that experience, particularly children, but also people that are going through it. It can be a very lonely, frightening, anxiety producing time. My goal is to change that, make people feel like there is a tribe, a support system, somewhere that they can go to learn because it doesn't matter if you're a, a movie star, a studio executive, a school teacher, a bank teller, a grocery bagger, you don't know about divorce until you go through divorce. And so, so many educated people come to me and they're almost apologetic when they say, I really don't know anything about divorce. And I say, well, why would you? <laughs> I mean, until my mom passed away last summer, I didn't know anything about mortuaries or great headstones or you know how to have the after thing at the house where everybody comes to pay their respects. Why would you ever know about that? And so this is a, an opportunity to talk about it a little bit more. I don't think people need to like get completely entrenched in divorce if they're not going through it, but being able to read about it and talk about it and listen to people talking about their experiences prior to or during your experience, I think is so helpful. And Laura, you've done so much to further what, what you've called the evolution of disillusion and making divorce um, a more positive experience um, for people that are going through it. And you've also done so much to improve the public understanding of ODR and legal technology. And I think people in both the divorce and the legal field and the ADR field really appreciate the work that you've done to, to improve those perceptions. Well, thank you. I, I hope so. And I have to say, I really enjoy it. I really do. I love, I love this journey that we're on right now. I've loved the 25 years that I've been practicing family law. I don't plan to quit, but I also love what the wisdom of my experience has enabled me to do. And I'm very passionate about it. So hopefully we are making a change. I, I think you certainly are. And I know you have to get going soon, but um, before you go, I just want to plug again your presentations at the upcoming um, ABA dispute resolution section spring conference, which is April 22nd to the 25th, and that's at the Sheraton New Orleans Hotel in New Orleans, Louisiana. And your plenary presentation is Friday, April 24th at 9.30 a.m. And again, that's your discussion on the evolution of disillusion. And I believe your presentation on Friday afternoon, it begins at 1.30, and it's side gigs for presence and profitability with Susan Guthrie and Gabrielle Hartley. Yes. Very excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to both. Um, and I'm sure all of our listeners are gonna show up. You may, have to, you may have to get tickets to get into these two presentations. Well, I look forward to seeing you and your listeners. And um, until then, keep it up. I think you're a fantastic podcaster. You've made this very easy. And um, besides, besides the technological problems of us actually speaking, once we got into it, both times you've been amazing, Adam. Oh, well, you can't see me blush because we're only using audio, but thank you so much. And thank you. thank you for coming on the podcast this time and last time. It was fantastic speaking with you. Um, and thank you so much for your time. Sure. See y'all in New Orleans. Listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Resolutions. And we hope to see you at the ABA section of Dispute Resolution Spring Conference, April 22nd to the 25th in New Orleans. 
Thanks again to sponsors like the American Arbitration Association, the Saltman Center for Conflict Resolution at UNLV William S. Boyd School of Law, and the Strauss Institute for Dispute Resolution at the Pepperdine University School of Law. You can find more info about the Spring Conference and our sponsors at the Dispute Resolution section page at AmericanBar.org. Thank you for listening. I'm Adam Martin.